Today, I wanna to talk to you about five manipulation tactics that a narcissist uses. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, change, and development. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARCAP, and your guide in the 45-day Clarity Challenge that you can access at claritychallenge.net. If you like what you see here, please hit subscribe, hit that notification so you get notified when we drop new videos, when we produce new content, when we're on for live Q&As, all different types of stuff like that. Check it out. Okay. Well, when we're talking about manipulation tactics, first off, just off the cuff, want to be able to say narcissistic abuse is real. Sometimes people don't think that. Sometimes people don't think that narcissistic abuse actually even exists. It is very real. It is very dangerous and it destroys a lot. Manipulation, control, and so many different things that come into a narcissistic perspective to control you, to manipulate you, and oftentimes to cause great damage. So we want to look at some of the common tactics. It's not all of them. There's a lot more, but want to be able to bring awareness to it and give you an overview of some of the common tactics that narcissists use. Okay. So tactic number one, love bombing. So when we're talking about love bombing, it's this idea of an excessive affection, attention. A lot of times it's like flattery. We're looking at a lot of times it being very early on in the relationship. Now, you can have it in the relationship. You can have it especially after a, a bad fight or something like that where they're trying to get back in your good graces. But a lot of times we'll see this at the very beginning. And it's meant to establish an emotional bond really quickly of like, wait a second, we are tied, we are connected, we are soulmates. All this stuff like happens really, really fast. And so you see it like speed up. You'll see this happen over a quick period of time to be like, wait a second, like I, this person I just met, now I wanna marry them, now I wanna be with them because of everything that they've created. It's almost like creating this like fairy tale, this like idea of this has never been as good as what it is now. Like this is amazing. Like this is the, the Disneyland experience. Like this is absolutely just out of this world. And then all of a sudden there's like a shift. And you see, before that, you start to think that this person might be perfect. Like they might be the best thing for you. Maybe it's where you're together all the time. Maybe it's where you feel like you're the center of the universe. Like the whole relationship is just on fire. You're getting a lot of gifts and you feel like you're developing like some type of connection. And then all of a sudden the shift happens. Then when that shift happens, it becomes very deadly, very confusing in those moments because you're like, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know like what is going on. What did I do? And you start to blame yourself. You start to wonder. You start to guess. Think of it this way. Let's let's like paint like a scenario. Okay. So a woman, uh, we'll just call her Sarah. So a woman and Sarah met a guy named Jack at a coffee shop. And they just like hit it off. They started talking, interacting, and they spent hours talking, laughing together. Well, he seemed like the perfect gentleman always paying attention to her needs, like making her feel special, like all these different pieces that made her feel like how a person should feel, right? And over the next couple of weeks, Jack would call her up multiple times a day, send her a bunch of messages, take her uh, on extravagant dates, uh, give her flowers, like work through a bunch of different things. And it was just constant. It wasn't just like, a, you know, hey, we're going to meet up. Then we're not. No, it's like every single day, like 24 hours a day is like constant. And she started to feel like she met the man of her dreams. Like, it was completely swept off her feet by his attention, was super excited. Like, this is the one, even in just the first couple of weeks. However, what normally happens is after a few months, his behavior started to change. 
Like it started to lessen. It became more critical, more demanding over things that she was doing, over things that she was saying, and then started to control her in all different aspects of her life. I mean, you might get angry that she didn't spend enough time with them or if she started to talk to other people or if she interacted with other friends or other family or went on you know, a trip with friends, whatever it might be, you'd start to get angry if she didn't spend enough time. She soon realized that it was an abusive relationship and that it was just a love bombing tactic. It was something of like, let me put out so much information, so much communication, so much love in order to create that bond. You see, sometimes what you need to look out for is it'll look like over the top. Like it'll move really, really fast. It'll blow through your boundaries or it like push on your boundaries really hard. Because that's all day is like push on your relationship. So in this case, like take a step back when you're like, wait a second, this is going really fast. Listen to other people, take a look at your surroundings to be able to see, is this something that you're actually getting love bombed versus falling in love? Tactic number two that oftentimes is popular with narcissists is gaslighting. Gaslighting is the idea of making you doubt your reality. So it's kind of like, let's say lying and then lying 2.0. So it's not just lying about, hey, this didn't happen or you didn't experience this, but then it's lying being like, wait a second, like I think you might be confused, okay? And it's oftentimes very subtle where you start to doubt yourself. It's almost like hard to resist because you think, well, maybe I did see it wrong. Maybe it was me. You know, all this different kind of things happen there. Um, with this, it's the idea of like denial, okay? Uh, giving misinformation, lying, like making you think that you're inaccurate, that you're going to doubt yourself. Oftentimes you'll hear the narcissist like deny things just straight up. Like, I never said that. That didn't happen. Many things like that. And you get to the place where you're like, ah, did it? Maybe it didn't. We've had people that have been accused of doing certain things that they've never done. But because it's been a repeated thing over a period of time, they start to doubt themselves. They're like, why did I do that? Like, maybe I did do that when they didn't. Like, it didn't have anything to do with that, but the narcissist was gaslighting them over and over and over. And oftentimes what you'll see is like, even with clear evidence, there's still no accountability. There's still nothing to be able to reason with, and you have to be able to focus on truth. For instance, we had uh, a person that I worked with, a client that I worked with for a period of time, and what was actually going on and happening was they were going through this relationship and struggling and found out that the other partner was cheating. Uh, one of the ways that she found out that, the, that he was cheating was she came home and opened up the trash can to throw trash away and there was a used condom in the trash can. Well, she went up, talked to him. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He ended up coming downstairs sometime, got the condom, threw it away in a different trash can so she couldn't find it, then went back and told her that she was crazy. Like, why would you even accuse me of this? Like, I don't see anything down there. So much to the fact that they went downstairs and he had to dig through the trash to try to prove to him where it was. When she couldn't find it, then she's starting to doubt her reality. I was working with another client that was talking to uh, her husband in the kitchen and they had like cameras set up. And he was like saying a couple things. And she was like, I can't believe you just said that to me. And he's like, I didn't. What are you talking about? And she pulled out an iPad that ran like their camera system and played back the video. And he was like, I didn't say that. And she's like, but, it, but it's right here, like on the video. And he's like, I didn't say that. So much so that she had to go to some of her friends and family to be able to say like, hey, did you hear this? Like, what's actually going on? Like, I don't understand this. Because of the fact that he was gaslighting her so bad that she was doubting her own reality. She was doubting the perception of what was actually going on. All right, so we got to jump. All right, tactic number three, triangulation. 
So this is manipulating relationships. This is to be able to control the emotions of other people. A lot of times what this is, is bringing in a third party into the relationship. And a lot of times you're gonna have confusion, you're gonna sow discord, there's gonna be like all this manipulation piece. But it's where the narcissist brings in another person. Now this could be talking behind a person's back, this could be bringing someone into an argument that you're actually having in the moment. Uh, a lot of times it can be really subtle. And sometimes this is the triangulation piece, sometimes also leads to the cheating because a narcissist will bring someone into the other into the picture, you know, to be able to solve an issue or to be able to show like, hey, look at this crazy person that I'm dealing with when they're making them crazy. And then they'll end up going with that person. So a lot of times we'll see this. So when you're in this situation, like try to think like, wait a second, am I being really jealous? Like, is that being something that is normal or is that person causing it? Are they creating the jealousy by what they're doing by bringing another person, by trying triangulating you, okay? If you feel like you're in competition, this might be another red flag, like you're not resolving something between the two of y'all, but there's some someone else coming in, someone else inserting, might be like a red flag there, okay? I want you to think through, uh, let's see, we've got another example here. So I want you to think through like uh, this example. All right, Sophie had been dating her boyfriend, Mark, for just a few months, and she started to notice some strange behavior. Whenever they had a disagreement, he'd always bring in his best friend into the conversation, either by talking to him about it or by involving him in the actual like discussion or argument. And so she didn't understand. She was like, why would he feel the need to involve someone else in the relationship? Like, can't we figure this out ourselves? Like, can't we work on it? But she soon realized that he was using his friend to manipulate her emotions and control the outcome of their arguments because bringing in someone else to be able to pivot and show that, oh, I'm right, this is different, okay? Whenever she tried to talk to Mark about the issues, he'd always bring up his friend's opinions and make Sophie feel like she was always in the wrong, two against one, right? Over time, she became to feel isolated, confused, and she started to question whether she was actually in a healthy relationship. And so part of this is like getting to the place of being able to manipulate and control another person's emotions by being like, oh, like this person said this, this person said this. And sometimes we'll have people that are triangulating that don't even know the other person, but it's just used as a leverage. I had someone that I worked with one-on-one -on -one where it was years into the marriage that she actually found out that the person he was using, like, oh, this past relationship did this, never existed. But it was still something he was trying to be able to hold over her to get compliance. All right, bear with me. This is a little bit longer than normal. Tactic number four, projection. Okay, this is the idea of being able to place unacceptable feelings, thoughts onto the other person. It's like, I don't wanna deal with it, so I'm gonna put it on you. This is the idea of like avoiding their own issues. Like, it's not my fault. Like, it's gotta be someone else's fault. Put it on someone else so I feel better. Uh, like, example about this. Let's, let's dive in really quick, just to be able to talk through a quick example. So with projection. All right, let's, let's bring up Sarah, okay? Sarah had been a top performer at her work, so like in a work environment, but lately she'd been feeling insecure about her ability to be able to keep up with the workload. Instead of just confronting her own feelings of insecurity, she started accusing her coworkers of being lazy and not taking their job seriously. So she's taking something that she's worried about and she's projecting it on another person. A lot of times this would come across as like snarky comments or how they spent too much time on their phones or not enough time working. Like her coworkers had no clue like what's going on. They're like, where is all this coming from? Like we're working hard. What's actually going on here? But they started to feel resentful and annoyed with her. And it wasn't until they actually got, like she got called out that she started to realize that she was protecting her own feelings of insecurity and she was projecting those onto other people. So that's the idea of like projection. Like what I'm experiencing, I don't want to feel, so I got to put it on someone else. Okay, the, with this, understand and like know your own feelings because if you're in a narcissistic relationship, they're gonna put a lot of things on you. You have to be able to say like, 
no, like that's not me. Like that's not how I feel. Otherwise, you'll start to believe it. You'll start to believe what they're actually saying. So ground yourself in that truth. All right, you're sticking with me. Really good. We got one more here. Tactic number five is giving the silent treatment. Oftentimes the silent treatment is meant and is put together to be able to manipulate, to be able to control, but to be able to punish you for something that you did or didn't do. Now with this is the idea of like pulling back. It brings in this unique power and balance of making you uncertain and making you start to doubt and think, well, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I should have responded differently. Okay. And oftentimes what it does is it makes you come back to the toxic person begging like asking for their forgiveness for something you didn't do. Sometimes this will be stop talking for days because the narcissist didn't get what they want. And you need to understand in these moments, you're not obligated for the other person's feelings, for what they're actually doing. You're not obligated to do X, Y, and Z, but a lot of times they'll make you feel obligated. They'll use emotional blackmail. They'll put it on you and there won't be a resolution. Okay. Words take, like resolution takes words. So like if the person is unwilling to engage, you know, Hey, this person is unwilling to actually invest in the relationship. All right. Last, we'll do a quick, quick example and then wrap it up. Okay. John and Jane were married for about, I think it was like seven years or something. Um, but they had like two kids. They had a heated argument over money and they were upset with, John was upset with Jane's spending habits or something like that, okay? Uh, he decided to give Jane the silent treatment as a means of punishing her and making her feel uncertain and guilty. So as a result, he stopped talking to her, stopped responding to her messages, stopped engaging in any form of conversation, like literally just walking past, no interaction, anything like that. It didn't just happen for a little bit, it happened for several days. And she's left feeling confused, hurt, uncertain, like what is actually going on? It puts like the whole relationship in limbo land. Like, I don't know where I even stand. That kind of an idea. She didn't know what she'd done wrong and felt as if she was being punished for something she couldn't understand. Eventually, he came around and started communicating with her again, but the damage was already done and she was left feeling insecure and hurt. At that point, he'd already established, if you do this, I'm going to respond this way, teaching and training someone to respond in a subservient way to make sure that the narcissist stays in control. Hopefully that helped. Hopefully you stuck around. It's a little bit longer video than normal, but that's the five manipulation tactics of a narcissist. If any of those stick out, please leave a comment down below. Please send me a message. We'd love to talk to you. Go to rawmotivations.com. Click on the one-on-ones. We can talk to help you out of whatever situation you're in.